what's going on everybody it's grant millard here um i wanted to introduce everyone to the columbus bible study podcast uh, which is a podcast where we can share not only what we are teaching on wednesdays um, at the columbus bible study but also extra content um, that God is teaching us as we go through our our life and are being taught by Christ uh, different principles. So I hope you enjoy um, listening to it. This particular uh, episode is of Chris Casto sharing at our Bible study on Wednesday evening, and he specifically is sharing um, his testimony, as well as a breakdown and teaching of the principles outlined in the wheel illustration. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, feel free to subscribe for more of this type of content, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Talk to you later. So uh, we'll kind of jump in and get started. Um, so most of you guys know me, and some of you don't, so I'll share with you who I am and what I do and all that fun stuff. But, um, you know, kind of the, wanted to make sure we're kind of explaining what we're doing and, and why we're here. Um, so the guys and, and I, we've been working through some Bible study stuff, working through first memory and, and those kind of things and really trying to dig into uh, who Jesus is and what is our responsibility to um, the claims of Christ. And that's kind of what we're trying to accomplish here is get an opportunity where we can begin to reach out into our communities and into uh, where we live and work, um, campus and so forth, and really just kind of share uh, who Jesus is to us and who Jesus is in the, in the Bible, um, and then really get an opportunity to see who's God working with and who's God working on, um, and really dig into how we can help somebody go from uh, where they're at to where they need to be um, by using scripture. So uh, a couple of things, and I'm going to sit down. Are you good? I'm, I can't do that. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so I probably won't use the whole board, but we'll see. So I didn't... No, I'm good. So uh, a couple of verses. Yeah, I'll rest A couple of verses that I think it kind of presents our mission. Um, so Mark 3.14 is one of them. Um, and then Matthew 22.37 through 40. So um, I told the guys that I'm going to call you guys out. So anybody know Matthew, or sorry, Mark 3.14? What pack is that one? It's not in a pack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in a pack. Yeah, the the idea is that we are with Jesus, um, and then we go out. Um, are, are we spending time with um, our master and creator? Um, are we getting the uh, um, relationship built with him? Um, are we with Jesus? Um, Matthew uh, 22 37 through 40 is actually one of the verses we'll kind of kind of pivot through as we kind of go through uh, the wheel illustration. But does anybody know that one? No? Okay. So what is, what, is the greatest, what is the greatest commandment? Yeah, so, right? Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, and soul. But the second is just like it, um, that you love your neighbors yourself. Upon all the law of the prophets um, rest these two commandments. So it's loving God and loving people. So if we're not, if we're just spending time with Jesus, and we're not loving him, and we're not um, loving people, then, then I think we missed the boat. So the purpose is that we've got to have an application that comes out of our time and relationship with Christ. Um, and then it's investigating how do we love God and how we love people. And that's really kind of the purpose of, of kind of doing some of the things we're doing here now. Um, so I always like to... Uh, share uh, my great sense of humor. So I shared a couple jokes with my daughter and she said, please don't. So I'm going to share them anyway. Uh, so, and my wife is like, okay, it's time to go. I shared as I'm walking out the door, I'm like, all right, I'm tell you my two jokes. And she's like, so I tell her, she's like, she just puts a, a blanket over her head and she's like, just, I think you need to go. I was like, I gotta go. So uh, what does a dentist call an x-ray? X-ray? Yeah. He, he, he or she calls it a toothpick. Get it? Toothpick? Uh, so, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, so there's a thin line between uh, a numerator and a denominator, but, but only a fraction of the people will get that. That's, that's good. Okay. Nothing. All right. <laughs> I have a goofy sense of humor 
when it comes to that stuff. So I like all those kind of jokes. Like, uh, you know, why couldn't uh, Noah play cards on the ark? Because he was standing on the deck. <laughs> all right. Uh, so anyway. And on a good note. Yeah. But um. So um, I, I want to share a little bit about who I am and and kind of where my life has come from and going. And then, then we'll kind of jump into to this illustration. And, and I think what we'll see as we kind of walk through it is, is how God has not just uh, can, can work in your life and in somebody else's life, but how God's worked in mine. Um, so I'm from uh, Galpolis, Ohio, which is a little podunk town in the middle of nowhere in southeastern Ohio. So um, I grew up uh, living on a farm most of my life. Uh, my parents divorced when I was probably about seven, eight years old. And I think that's one of those pivotal moments for me in my life where where life began to uh, take a turn. Um, so when my mom left, uh, it started really making me ask questions of why. Um, why would somebody leave me when they said they love me? Uh, this doesn't make sense. So I started internalizing that and saying, well, it must be my fault. Um, so my dad ends up remarrying. We have, a, so I got a stepmom, uh, stepbrothers, and we get in a lot of trouble, do a lot of stupid things. By the time I'm in high school, uh, junior high, high school, I'm a depressed kid. Um, you know, I was really trying to fill the void of my heart and the void of my life uh, with anything and everything I could find. Um, by my senior, in high, senior year in high school, um, I was the guy who, um, if, if, if uh, you wanted to do it, I could get it for you. And if I wasn't doing it, I, I, I was doing it myself. So it was just one of those things where I was in a lot of crazy, crazy mess. Um, so I ended up uh, turning down scholarships to go different schools, ended up going to University of Rio Grande. Um, I was thought I was a D1 prospect for baseball, and God just kept shutting those doors. Um, so I ended up at Rio Grande, which is even a smaller place inside of Galpolis area. So uh, my first two years, uh, I don't really, really remember much because I continued that lifestyle. Um, it wasn't until a guy, uh, John O'Brien, who actually I, I, I knew from high school, he went to Rio Grande as well, that he started spending time with me. And one of the things that he did was he knew my routine. My routine was uh, Friday after I got off work, man, I'm out, and I won't be back until Monday morning and you know, hopefully somebody finds me. Um, so he would come to my house at about 5.30 in the afternoon on a Friday and pick me up and he'd take me fishing. And he would just spend time with me. And during that time, he would share his life and what um, Jesus had been doing in his life. So I knew John from high school as, as, as a party guy as well. And here, here's a guy that no longer was in that lifestyle. Something changed. So it took me about six months of hanging out with him, uh, telling him that I thought uh, uh, God was crazy. I think he was nuts. And told him all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, by that time in my life, I developed weird, crazy ideas about who God was. And I really had developed this idea that I hated God for putting me in the situations he did throughout my life. So uh, John continued this process. He continued to pray for me. He continued to spend time with me. Um, it was uh, um, May 5th of 1997. Um, he takes me up to Belfry, Ohio. And he's like, hey, I'm going to share this church. Great. So I go up with him. Uh, I didn't have anything else to do, um, so I went up there with him. And when I went there, he started sharing his message with me, like what he was going to share the next day. And he was sharing John fifteen sixteen, which says that um, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and that you would go out and bear fruit, and that that fruit would remain. I didn't see that verse. I saw John fifteen fifteen, um, where Jesus says, "I no longer consider you servants, for servants know not what their master's business is." Um, Therefore, I consider you friends because what's been taught to me by the Father, I've taught to you as well. And this idea that Jesus wanted a personal friendship relationship with me. It's the first time in my life I'd ever heard that God wanted a relationship with me. That it wasn't about a fire brimstone, I'm going to hell and do do do. It was God wanted a personal relationship with me. Um, up to that point, I, I never, I didn't understand what love was. I didn't understand uh, really how how things worked in life. Um, Again, I'm just trying to fill a hole. And I had hated God for so many years for putting me in situations. So I looked over to John. I said, John, I want that. And uh, he says, uh, what? I said, that. <laughs> he says, ah, oh, oh. So he takes me Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is by the mouth you confess and believe and by the heart um, that you're justified. And at that moment, when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I prayed and accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. At that moment, um, my life began to change again. Um, so when I became a Christian, one of the things that I realized is it wasn't 
I, I wanted that relationship, um, but it was a lordship relationship that, that I wanted to change my life. So the very next day, um, John takes me and uh, I'm spending time with uh, Dave Perry, who began to invest in, uh, in my life. Uh, I started memorizing scripture the very next day. Um, I started having quiet times the very next day. Um, I was involved in um, getting with uh, a Bible study within about two months. You know, I was, these guys were pouring into my life. Um, so little did I know on the backside, they had been hanging out for, you know, a year plus and six months of it was just praying for me. Um, you know, hey, God working this guy. So I spent about two and a half years hanging out at uh, the University of Rio Grande with Dave and the uh, ministry down there. Um, and one of the things that, that I walk away from that time is, is that I realized that not that it's not just about Jesus having a relationship with me, but it's about me helping someone else to have a relationship with him as well. And this idea of uh, being generational minded and being um, uh, reproductive multiplication minded. And so after school at Rio, uh, I ended up going to Fort Campbell, uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, uh, hung out with uh, the Navigator Ministry with uh, Cecil, uh, Cecil Bean and some of those guys down there. Spent about two and a half years, two and a half, three years just reaching out to soldiers. I was on base almost every single day. Um, so I uh, have eaten my fair share of MREs because I was a poor college kid. And here I am hanging out and living in uh, a bachelor pad with 10 other military guys. And you know, the thing that I walked away from that time is, is that it's not just about having the personal relationship and helping somebody else to have that, but it's being very intentional and very diligent and focused with what my time is being spent on. Am I going to be intentional about making sure that I'm spending that time to help someone else? So not just for them to have the relationship, but they can help someone else, that they can help someone else. Um, from there, we uh, uh, started doing stuff in the college ministries and so forth and churches. Um, I met my wife at Austin P. Um, so when I met my wife, my mentor at the time, we were doing something similar. And he's like, hey, you got to you, you can't just invite guys. You got to go out and invite ladies, too. So. Uh, sorry, ladies. I was like, I didn't want to talk to ladies. I was not doing that. So it just scared me to death at that time in my life. And so I had been out on campus and I was talking to a bunch of guys. And so there was, it was late at night and I was like, garbage, you know, you know, this, uh, uh, my mentor at the time, so you, you got to invite at least one, one lady. I was like, okay. So I had a, a choice. There was a, a group of ladies with, uh, like five or six of them at the table and there was, uh, somebody sitting by themselves. And I thought, well, you know what, this, this is safer, so I'm going here. Uh, so I handed a flyer to her, and uh, she says, uh, hi, what's your name? It's like, Chris. She's like, okay, uh, everything's on the, on, on the sheet. You only have to ask me questions. She's like, well, uh, I'm Jessica. I was like, that's great. She's like, uh, so where's this at? I was like, the uh, address is on there. She's like, what is it? It's a Bible study. It's right there. So she's asking me questions, trying to interact and talk to me. And all I want, all I'm thinking is I got to run. Um, this is not where I want to be. Uh, you know, I, I did not want distractions in my life. I'm like, I'm, I'm focused on Jesus. So long story short, we, uh, we, we began to build a friendship as she came out to the things we were doing. Um, you know, uh, at about, I think it's about nine, 12 months later, something like that. We ended up, um, we, we got married. Um, we've been married. Uh, we just celebrated 17 years. Um, we've got three kids. Uh, my oldest is Kylie. She's 13. Um, she'll be 14 in December. Um, Josiah is stuck in the middle. He's 12. Um, and my youngest is 10 and her name is Addison. So, um, and what our life has been in Tennessee, um, was, was trying to help people open up our home, come inside, hang out with us. Let's, let's help people find out who Jesus is. Um, we decided about a year ago that we would move to Ohio, um, as we prayed to see where God wanted to take us. Um, we have some health concerns and issues in our family. Uh, so we wanted to get closer to home. So this puts us about an hour, 45 minutes, two hours away from my family. And uh, we, we want to reach people in our area here. Um, so what we're doing now is uh, um, getting to know some of the guys in the area. Um, like I said, we've, the guys and I, we've been going through a study just looking at the life of Peter and saying, why did Jesus choose Peter? Um, and what should I take from that? Um, and, and beginning this, trying to get out on campus, get out in the community. So um, that's a... 10 minute, I guess, uh, overview of my life. Um, did, you count, did you clock me on it? Well, it's 10 minutes, somewhere in that range. Yeah, I'm at 10. So, um, so, yeah, I, I um, so, so I think what we'll, we'll do is, is we'll kind of walk through, um, I think an illustration that really kind of hits 
home to what we're trying to accomplish in the Christian life as a whole, in my belief, in my structure. Um, I think the scripture is clear what we should be doing. Um, we should be loving God and loving people. Um, the will illustration kind of gives us that opportunity to kind of say, okay, how does these things work in, in, in congruence? How does it work together? So, um, you know, you guys have a little sheet if you want to take notes. If, if you don't, that's fine. Um, so uh, idea and objective is, is really how do we live the Christian life? And it's an opportunity for us to kind of say, okay, what am I doing in my Christian life? What are things and areas that I can that I have strengths in and weaknesses in? Where can I put my uh, energy to help grow and, and where I should be moving forward to? Um, so you'll see a couple of verses. So the guys have memorized uh, most of them. Uh, so Jake is actually going to quote uh, 90% of them. Uh, he's really good with them. Uh, so if somebody's got 2 Corinthians 5.17 for us. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Yeah. So, um, you know, what we get out of Second Corinthians five seventeen is that that um, once we become a Christian and once we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we should be a new creation. God wants to change our life and wants to change our heart. Um, you know, when when that happened in my life, there were certain things that were immediate, and there were certain things that we're continuously working on. Um, you know, it makes me kind of think of the idea that Jesus is wanting to come in and clean some house. Uh, he wants to move some furniture out. He wants to take us from being uh, Saul and created us into being Paul. It, this idea that we need to be changed. Um, you know, a relationship with Christ is is similar to um, uh, a relationship uh, in marriage in the sense that it's one big yes or one big I do and a lot of little uh-huhs along the way. Uh, so it's this idea that once we make that one big yes, um, God wants to change our life and rearrange our house and rearrange our furniture inside. Um, so... You know, for me, it's there are certain things that have changed real fast. Like when I became a, a Christian, accepted Jesus, uh, the, the alcohol and all those things were, were taken away from me right away. Um, there were other things that were in my life that took years and still continuing. Um, that's why we, we it is a continuous process of being created new. Um, when we look at Galatians 2.20, does anybody have Galatians 2.20? Yeah, that we are to die to ourselves. If we're going to put Christ the center of our life, we no longer live, but Christ lives within us. Um, am I willing to make that step? Have I made that commitment that Jesus is sitting on the throne of my life and the throne of my heart? Um, Ephesians um, uh, 5, 1 and 2, so this is my verses for the week, is, so I probably will mess it up. But um, So be imitators of, of God, um, just as... Uh, just as Christ um, loved us and gave himself up for us. Um, I don't have verse two yet. Um, so uh, gave himself up for us um, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Are, are, we, are we giving our life to be imitators of God? Are, are we giving our life as Jesus gave his? Are we, are we putting him on the throne of our heart? And our, you know, this, this idea of putting Jesus on the throne of our heart is that it's a daily, daily struggle to do that. This is a constant struggle. This is lordship issues in life. Uh, Luke 9.23 um, is going to talk about that um, I take up my cross daily and follow him. Um, am I willing to do this on a day-in and day-out basis? So um, Matthew 17.8, uh, one of my favorites, um, it's it. You know, this is right at, right during the Mount of Transfiguration, and it says that, and they lifted their eyes, and they saw Jesus himself, uh, no, saw no one except Jesus himself alone. You know, do, do we see Jesus alone, is, or, or are we putting something with Jesus? Um, is Jesus sufficient um, for, for my life, or am I adding things to him? Am I adding things to him? Am I saying, yep, you got to do this, this, and this? No, is it Jesus and Jesus alone? Um you know, where's my focus? Where am I looking at in life? Am I putting Christ the center of my life and making sure that he is Lord um, and master of my throne? Um, or is there times where I'm taking over? Because if we don't get this right, the hub of where everything begins, um, th this other stuff doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Um, we have to get this right. Um, and it's the idea that, you know, who's sitting on the throne? Um, is it 
Is it Jesus and me? Or is it, um, if I can draw, is it me and I'm trying to um, put Jesus in submission to me? Um, or am I kicking Jesus out of my life? Um, we, we have to figure this one out. Um, if we don't, uh, then we have to ask questions of why, why are we doing the things we're doing? Um, so then it's like, well, how do we make sure that we do these things? Uh, well, so we'll move to the next thing, and that's the outer rim, and that's the you know, obedient Christian in action. So if we're going to um, put this, you know, put Christ, the, the throne, and, um, and he's Lord of my heart, Lord of my life, um, am I going to obey and do what he says? You know, again, be imitators of God. Um, am I going to do it? So it's the obedient Christian in action. So uh, who's got uh, John 14, 21? Anyone who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. He who loves me is loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself. Yeah. So what do you guys get from that verse? Jake, you quoted it. What do you get from that verse? So over my experience and my testimony, I bring this verse up. And over my 10 months, 11 months from when I became a new creation, in the beginning, it was a little bit tough because I didn't have that full relationship with Christ yet. So it was a little bit hard to obey. And um, as I learned more about God in the scriptures, more of a relationship I grew with him and um, the obedience factor will kind of follow along with that relationship. So uh, I really, really like that piece of scripture because I feel God is revealing more to me and manifesting himself more to me as I, as I obey him and become yeah. certain. Yeah. So, and I think one of the interesting things about that, that particular verse is that um, obedience is showing our love. Um, you know, so, so I've got kids and one of the things that, that we talk about is that, um, you know, you, you, they say, yeah, I love you, Dad. I'm, I'm going to, yeah, well, why didn't you do your chore? You know, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do what I said to do? Um, because it, it shows this disrespect or this disobedience is going to show, uh, I really don't trust you and love you enough to do what you said to do. So it's the same thing with Jesus. Um, am, I, am I obeying and doing what God said to do? Am I putting his actions and what he desires for my life above my own? Um, you know, it, the, so this is one of my favorite quotes that no application leads to immunization of God's word. Um, so that's important. Um, and hopefully you catch it is that no application leads to immunization of God's word. If we don't apply it, we become immune to it. So we can go and, and, and live our entire life, uh, going to a church, reading the Bible, but if we don't ever do it, it becomes something we're immune to. It doesn't change our life anymore. It doesn't impact us anymore because we're not doing anything with it. Um, James is going to say that we should be doers of the word, not hearers only. That we need to go and do. Um, it, you know, and I think it, my question to myself and to to others is: um, Are we are we immunizing ourselves from God's impact in our life? You know, are, are we are we not taking the uh, the antidote in order to to grow and develop in our Christian life and our walk? Um, you know, I think the obedience part is, you know, when I look back at my life is, is right away someone was there to kind of help and, and begin to help me develop obedience. You know, I, I began to, okay, I got, I got to love my neighbor, um, as myself. So there were a lot of people I treated poorly. Um, uh, and one, one that I remember, uh, is, uh, it, it was an old girlfriend and I treated her just poorly. I was a mean guy. Um, I was not a good dude. So, uh, I, I went to her and I went to her, um, her dad and her mom and I apologized. And, um, because it's this idea, I want to make reconciliation. I want to treat people, um, as Jesus treats them. Do I see people in the light that Jesus sees them? Um, so this idea that I've got to go and do something with it. Um, so, uh, next verse is, uh, Romans 12, one. So who's got that one? Yeah. Um, so, so what do you guys hear or get from that? I the truest form of worship is obedience. Yeah. Because well, the word worship means showing what you think something is worth. And if you 
I believe that Jesus truly is the Lord, not just of my life, but of all creation, then demonstrating what I think he's worth by doing what he asked me to do. Because if I have to also believe that he's worth and I believe that he cares about me, why would he tell me to do something that was bad for me? So yep. obedience is just as, an, as much of an act of faith as it is love. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this idea that we, we have, uh, you know, simply put, it's, it's um, uh, obeying God pleases God. Um, simply put. In fact, um, 1 Samuel uh, 15, 22, um, and Proverbs uh, 21, 3, that to do righteousness and justice is desired from the Lord rather than sacrifice. Um, so it's this idea that, you know, we, God wants us to obey. His desire is for us to go and do as he said um, and not do the things he told us not to do. This is how we actually worship. So we love God through through obedience, and now we express our faith and our trust through obedience. Um, Luke 6, 46, um, so some of you guys may know that one, may not. Um, but it's, uh, why do you call me Lord, Lord, uh, and not do what I say? I mean, if we're going to say that this has happened in our life, and he is Lord of our life, and yet we do not do what he says, how can we say that? How is this truth? Because if this was truth, um, then we would do as he says to do. So, so this is where we start. You know, this is where the rubber meets the road. Um, you know, spending all that time in and around military guys, I, I kind of use the term that this is where the bullets hit the flesh. Um, this is where life gets real. This is where when we have an opportunity to, to share the gospel with somebody, are we going to do it or are we going to walk away from it? When we have the opportunity to, uh, to do something against God's will, are we going to go that direction or are we going to go the other? Because um, quite frankly, I think it, we tempt Satan more than he tempts us. You know, are we putting ourselves in a position of temptation and, and we're going to say, yep, in this area I'm going to follow myself and not follow God? Um, this, is where, this is where it gets real. Um, so then it's like, well, how do we do these things? How do we make sure we put these things into place? Um, and it goes back to, you know, loving God and loving people. So this is how we love God. And this is how we're going to love people. So, so it's kind of like a telephone conversation uh, when we start talking with God, right? That, um, you know, many of us have just one part of the phone, and I know um, most people don't have the old school phones, but we used to have two different, you still have it on your cell phone. But so the point is that we have a, um, we have a microphone or we, and we have a receiver. So most of us want to um, talk to God, but we're not willing to listen to God. Um, so we actually have to um, make sure that we have both of these pieces involved in our relationship with Christ. Just like, um, just like a, uh, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, if we don't have that um, back and forth conversation and communication, it's going to fail. The relationship is destined to fail and destined to um, um, fall apart. So first thing we do is we get in God's word. Um, so God speaks to us in his word. So who's got 2 Timothy 3.16? Yeah. So um, the the purpose of God's word is that we're going to, um, we're going to, it's going to teach me, it's going to reprove or rebuke me, it's going to correct me, and it's going to train me in righteousness. So it's this idea that as we are walking and going through this road of life that we're living on, so it is teaching, right? But we're going to fall off, and we're going to mess up. So then the Word of God is going to rebuke or reproof us. Rebuking or reproofing is, hey, you're off the track. Uh, you need to get on. You need to get right. Then it's going to correct us. So correction is this idea that um, we're going to, it's going to tell you what you should be doing. This is telling you where you messed up. This is going to tell you where you should be doing, what you should be doing with uh, with God's word in order to train you. So it's going to train us. Train us in what? Train us in righteousness. Um, so this this principle is that we are going to put God's word in our life in order for God to, to teach me, 
um, reproof me, um, uh, train me in all righteousness. So David is going to ask in Psalms 139, search me, O Lord. See if there's any wicked way inside of me. You know, are we going to God's word with this in mind? Are we going to God's word and saying, hey, search me, know my wicked ways, and God, teach me and train me in the ways of righteousness. So Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah 15, 16 is one of my favorite verses. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, the words are found and I did eat them and they were a joy and a delight to my heart. You know, what is my approach to God's word? Is it just, well, I got to do this because this is what somebody told me to do. Or is it, am I approaching God's word with joy and delight and a hunger to eat the word of God and put it into my own life? Um, you know, David uses the word uh, a lot in, in the Psalms of Salah. This word Salah means stop. Think about what I just said. It's important. You need to meditate on this one. Um, so how am I approaching God's word? Um, you know, can, can I feed myself? Um, and if I can't, then, you know, who am I going to to help feed me? Where are they going to help me and train me to do that? First um, Peter 2.2 2, um, talks about it's the, the, the newborn babe thirsts for the pure milk of the word. You know, do we thirst for God's word? Do we really desire to have it in our life? Um, or is it just, again, it's just something, well, pastor says this, and, and well, this guy says that, or this gal says this. It, it, is it? This is my desire to spend time in God's Word. Um, Joshua 1.8, who knows that one? Jake, you've already done like 85% of them, so. I'll try this one. No, you I'm can. This book of the law should not depart from, from, my, from your mouth. It should be meditated on day and night. Uh, I forget this one. And then what's, what's that after that? So that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then will you make your way prosperous for them to success. Yep. So, you know, God's word is meant to uh, um, for us to do it, to think through what we are to do um, in order to provoke us to action. Um, if we're not being provoked to action and applying what God is saying to us, um, then again, I, you know, the question is, well, why, why am I doing that? I mean, it, we're, we're missing the what God's after. Um, God wants us to think through it, understand it, um, put it into practice. Um, Solomon talks about in Proverbs is there's three different levels. It's uh, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Knowledge is, well, anybody can have that. Well, there's cookies. Okay, that's, that's I understand. I know that now. Um, uh, wisdom is, well, what should you do with the cookie? You should put it in your mouth and eat it because that's, that's what you should do with cookie. Um, but the understanding is actually applying the wisdom that God's given you. That's where you actually eat the cookie um, or not. Um, I think you should eat cookies. Cookies are good. Um, just, there you go. <laughs> so the application of God's word, right? <laughs> your, your cookies were found and I did eat them. Um, so, <laughs> they were enjoying it. So, you know, so how do we put God's, yeah, what does the body do? Um, all right, off topic. All right, so, you know, how do we, you know, how do we, so how do we do that? How do we go about that? Um, so, you know, we, we spend time in quiet time where we get a, in a quiet place at a quiet time in order for God to speak. Show me, teach me, guide me. Um, Habakkuk uh, 2 uh, verses 1 through 2 is going to talk about how Habakkuk had a quiet time. He's sitting there. He's at the, uh, the, 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 the post and he's waiting on God to speak. And when God speaks, he takes notes. Are you taking notes? Are you, are you saying, yeah, I need to remember that because that's important. Um, you know, verse memory, um, uh, Jake was quoting this earlier, Psalms 119, 9 and 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? I've hidden your word in my heart, so I may not sin against you. Um, you know, Bible study, Acts 17, 11. Um, are we, are we more noble-minded that we will search the scriptures? Are we going to search out what God's word has to say? I think there's only three things that we can do with God's word. Um, I think we can waste it, um, which, waste it. Uh, we can keep it, which means we don't share it. Um, or we can use it. Uh, Ezra uh, 7.10 says that Ezra determined in his heart. Have I determined in my heart to do something for God? Ezra says he determined in his heart to study it, to practice it, and to preach it. Um, am I going to determine in my heart that I'm going to do this today with Jesus and with his word of God? Am I going to study it, practice it, and preach it? Um, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, are we consistent with it? Um, or is it just something we do on occasion? Um, you know, what is our personal word of God? So 
Um, a lot of illustrations. I'll move on. So the way we uh, talk to God is through prayer. So prayer, um, first John, I'm sorry, five, uh, John 5, 7, 15, 7, yeah, 15, 7. Who's got that one? Tom, you got it? Yep, so if my word abides in you, you know, so this idea that, you know, we, we think of prayer as like, ah, oh, you know, well, my Aunt June and her cousin Sally and their dog, you know, they Got, they got a linky sink. They got their sink is leaking. They can't pray for them. Like, well, <laughs> like, huh? yeah. But but is it? You know, it, it, what what the point is is that what am I? If I'm praying, am I praying in 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 the abiding? Am I abiding in what God's word is? And if I'm abiding, then I'm going to pray and ask for the things that he's he's uh, focused on. Now, I think God's worried about those physical things. But I think he's more worried about the spiritual um, heart of the person. So if that physical thing is going to help meet the need of the heart of the person, absolutely. Um, but at the same point, um, I think God is absolutely 100% com uh, committed to the spiritual life of, uh, of people. He's after the heart of men and women. And, and, and what am I praying for? Am I praying that you know God uses situation and circumstance to, to, uh, to, to bring them to their knees in order to know you? Um, or am I just saying, hey, can you send somebody over to fix that? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's what is the, the focus? Do I have eyes that God has? Um, you know, God's not a genie in a bottle. Um, he's not somebody that we just say, hey, I need a new car. Um, you know, give, give me that Mercedes or whatever. I don't know, I don't know what cool cars are. Um, you, you know, so Matthew uh, 9, 36 through uh, 38 it, um Jesus is going to say that the, the workers are few, so therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to go out and send workers into the harvest. Are, are, we, are we praying for workers, or are we praying for us to be a worker in the harvest? Am I not speaking loud enough? Oh, that's right. So uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Uh, so this is one Jake gets a quote because it's his favorite. That's what you told me. Just, yeah. <laughs> Somebody else can do it. Yeah, do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. All right, go ahead, Alex. You got it. Yeah. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Yep. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Am I? Uh, am I on my knees? Um, uh, in front of Jesus, because I'm going to win more battles on my knees than I am on my feet. Um, am I putting the things that are causing me uh, anxiety and stress in my life uh, on Jesus? Am I saying, you, you've got it, you've got this? Um, am I allowing him to guard my heart and guard my mind? You know, when we go to God with something, he's going to guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. Um, Jeremiah 33.3, 3. does anybody know that one? And I'll answer you. Yeah. Yep. So if we call to God, He's going to answer. This is God's phone number. Um, so this is uh, this is the nine one one, Jeremiah thirty three three. Um, so call and He will answer. I think God answers in three different ways. He's going to say no. He's going to say wait. Or he's going to say yes. Um, it's easy when He says yes, uh, but but I'm a, am I willing to go through the wait? Um, am I willing to wait? on what he's going to share and what he, when he answers. Um, it's in God time, God's time. You know, J John O'Brien and Dave Perry, they prayed for six plus months for me. Um, my grandmother, uh, she prayed for almost 20 years for me, you know, and, and she kept getting a wait, wait. And for her to sit there and see my life as I destroyed it in front of her, in front of my family, um, God's telling her to wait. Um, so am I willing to wait? Am I willing to pray for somebody for 20 years? Am I willing to pray for that person? You know, um, we, we try to teach uh, my son, are, are, are you praying for your wife? Um, are you, are, you know, we want our girls, are you praying for your husband? Uh, you know, they're out there somewhere. Um, as much as I don't like that, um, they're out there somewhere. Um, are, are you praying for them? Because I am. Um, so, you know. Plus for the girls. Got a lot of prayer. Um, <laughs> so, 
Uh, all right, so we're not listening fast enough, so we're going to move forward. Uh, so uh, loving people. So you know, this is the second part. Love your neighbors yourself. So how do we love people? Uh, we love them through fellowship. Um, so Matthew 18, 20. Um, and then we can, somebody jump in with uh, Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as the habit of some, but let us encourage one another all the more as the day approaches. That's one of my favorite verses. Um, you know, it, the uh, other verse I like is... Um, is the Proverbs twenty seven seventeen? Um, you guys know that one. Yeah, yeah. So this this iron sharpens iron, and I think one of the things that we get from that is number one, it, from all three verses, is that number one is is Jesus part of our fellowship? Um, I mean, is Jesus? You know, are we uh, gathering together uh, in and around Jesus, um, or are we just hanging out and uh, you know we're, we're talking about everything but you know what, what's our conversation? like um what type of fellowship do we have god says he's going to be there in the midst of us um you know are we going to spend that time with him um hebrews 10 24 and 25 i you know i love the idea of spurring um so my my uh, my cousin she used to ride horses a lot so she was one of those fancy horse riding people i don't so understand all of it but um so they jump huh they, you know they're jumping horses all over the place so we went to watch her a few times but um i still don't understand it but at any rate Point is, is is spurring. It's like, what, what does it mean to spur? So when when you look at the spur that a um, that a rider wears on their boots, it's it's not sharp. It's actually dull. Um, and when you spur the horse, you're not trying to gouge it and injure it. You're trying to to poke it and prod it to move forward. Um, you know, gang, are we are we being poked and prodded by somebody to move forward? Um, are we uh, poking and prodding someone else to move forward in fellowship? Are we spending that kind of time together? You know, are we willing to, um, you know, I, I love, uh, we'll get, come back to the statement that um, Grant likes, and I'll use it here a little bit too, um, but, but are we, in a little different context, are, are we willing to be uncomfortable with each other? You know, are we willing to have those tough conversations and spend that tough time with each other? Um, if not, um, I think that, um, we begin to lose the flavor of fellowship that Christ had with his men. When Christ is spending time with his men and with his disciples and those ladies that are following him, um, it is very intentional and it is very uh, focused on how do they have more effective relationship with Christ. Um, I think it's what our fellowship should look like. Um, I think our fellowship is is not a potluck of food, but a potluck of, uh, of uh, spiritual um, gathering from, from what we're getting from the word of God. Are we having a spiritual potluck with what God's teaching us? Um, this iron sharpens iron. You know, I think this is where it gets messy. You know, when, when we, so are we willing to get involved in people's lives and are we willing to change some diapers? Um, you know, our, you know, we got, uh, so I got a phone call. I always get phone calls because we have a fun life. Um, so I'm taking Josiah back home from golf and uh, Jessica calls me. She's like, did you take the dog out? I was like, yeah, we took the dog out right before we left. And we kill him because we don't trust him. Uh, that's another story. So we kill him. So she's like, well, yeah, he 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 went in the kennel. I'm like, what? It's like, how is that possible? So, well, well, it's our dog. Are we willing to go clean up the garbage that he just left um, because of, because we love the, the stinking thing? Um, same thing with the life of people. Are we willing to go in and, and be involved in their garbage and the things that they struggle with? Um, that's fellowship. That's sharpening each other. Um, am I willing to get dirty in the lives of people? Um, and, you know, I could give you stories and stories. You know, there was a, you know, true fellowship, I think, is uh, at three in the morning. Um, I'm knocking on Dave Perry's door and I I'm devastated. Um, I had made some stupid decisions in my life. Uh, you know, at that point, I had gotten engaged with uh, with a girl I should not have gotten engaged with. And, and so that night, everything fell apart and we broke up and uh, I was destroyed. You know, I didn't know what to do with my life. Um, so I'm knocking on Dave Perry's door at three o'clock in the morning and Dave comes out and he just spends time with me. Am I, am I willing to spend time with somebody going through the rough moments at three in the morning? Am I going to open my door for them? Um, am I going to just sit there and listen to them and give them the love and the compassion they need through that process? See, fellowship is, is where we get 
we get nitty and gritty with people's lives. Um, you know, are we going to share our struggles? Um, so, all right, so we're not listening fast enough, so I'm going to, or I'm not talking fast enough. But, so, evangelism. So evangelism, uh, you know, a, a lot of people will share this as um, witnessing, and I think that's definitely, I like the, I like the word evangelism. Um, so there's a few verses. Um, I think we evangelize to two different groups of people. Uh, Matthew uh, 4.19, if somebody's got that, and then Romans 1.15 and 16. Only one word I want from 15, but has anybody got those? It said to them, follow me, and I'm going to be fishers. Yeah. 15 and 16. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone yeah. who believes, first to the Jew, and to the Gentile. Yeah. So, you know, this idea of becoming a fisher of men. Um, you know, our, our, you know, I think there's two groups of people that we witness and, and evangelize to. I think it's, uh, number one, we absolutely 100% we evangelize to the lost. Those who don't know Jesus and have not made this commitment in their life on putting Jesus to the throne of their life, we should and absolutely must be sharing Jesus with them. As well as um, sharing the gospel message to those who are saved. Um, am I willing to uh, put myself out there for, for the Christians and say, you know what, you, you know, come follow me and um, God's going to make you fishermen. Paul's going to say, uh, um, imitate me as I imitate Christ. You know, are you going to follow somebody who's following Jesus? Am I willing to put that type of relationship out there? Um, you know, so Jesus is going to tell us Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples. We are to go and be involved in the lives of uh, Christians and, we're, and we want to help them figure these things out in their life. Um, where can we help you? Where can we help you grow in your relationship with Christ? Um, and for the lost, am I eager um, or do I hesitate? Am I eager and I just cannot wait? Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brag on, on, on Jake. Um, I put him on the spot a lot, so I'm going to uh, share something really cool. I, I Yeah. So... Uh, Jake and I, uh, Jake, myself, and, and Grant, I think uh, Braxton went out a little earlier uh, on Monday. And, um, uh, you know, Jessica was uh, asking me how it went. I told her, I was like, you know, I was actually a little blown away. I was kind of shocked um, that, that Jake had no fear. Uh, maybe it's because he's like, he can lift 10 people at once. That might be part of it. Um, but he had no fear. He was eager. Like, the first guy is like running down the, you know, the middle of the sidewalk. He's like, I'm going to stop this guy. Like, so he stops this guy and he's like, hey. Uh, I would stop too. He said that to me. Um, it's like, hey, uh, are, are you interested in Bible study? I'm, I'm Jake, and this is Chris. Are, you know, are you interested in Bible study? And the guy's like, uh, again, I don't know the, if it's intimidation or what it was. So he's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, but he's like, this idea: Are we eager, and are we unashamed of the gospel? Are we eager to go share with somebody? Um, you know, I love Grant's phrase: are, are we Are we willing to interrupt somebody's life for Jesus? Um, you know, Jake interrupted that dude's life. I mean, I, if I was running, I wouldn't be interrupted too, but he's, he's running and Jake's like, stops this guy. Uh, we tried to stop a guy on a skateboard. That was very interesting too. Um, again, eager and unashamed. <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, you know, but, but am I eager to share the gospel with somebody? I'm glad you just kept going. Yeah, I think, uh, that was intimidation. Uh, so, um, yeah, it was pretty, it was, Yeah. Um, off track. So there's a uh, there's a, a parable that I like. Um, it's it's the orange picker. Um, so if you guys ever heard about the orange picker, so so there's a guy he's driving down in Florida and he's driving along the road and he's, he's driving in the orange orange fields, you know, all these orange trees and so forth, and he's just driving, enjoying his day, and then he's coming up to this this tree and he sees all these people gathered around and they're cheering. Yeah, it's great, it's great. And uh, so he stops his car and he gets out and he walks over and he's like, hey, what's going on? He's like, yeah, he's picking an orange. Um, like, oh, this guy's picking orange. I was like, that's awesome. So every time he picks an orange, we're like, yeah, amen. Amen, brother. That's awesome. Whoa, that's awesome. Woo. You know, that's another one in the basket. Um, so they, this goes on and on. And, and finally, the guy's like, well, why isn't anybody else picking the hundreds of trees around us? You know, I think too much in our Christian life that we want someone else to pick the orange. Um, we want the, 
the pastor or, or the deacon or, or a pre, somebody else. That's your job to go pick that orange. No, no. God says it's your job to go pick the orange and be part of the harvest. You know, am, I, am I an orange picker? Or am I somebody in the crowd who's saying, amen, brother, that's another one in the, in the basket. Um, where am I at in the fields? Um, if, if I'm not involved in the lives of people, and I'm not willing to interrupt their life um, for Christ, and I'm not willing to be uncomfortable myself, and I'm not willing to make someone else uncomfortable for the kingdom, I think we miss it. Jesus is going to tell us that we're going to be persecuted for him. Am I willing to get involved in the lives of people? Um, it's the way we love people. I mean, I love my kids so much, um, and I'm going to give them everything in the world. And, and But the number one thing I'm going to give them is I want to give them every opportunity um, to know who Jesus is. And I want them to make a decision in life that's theirs and theirs alone, that they decide that they want to follow Jesus. But I'm going to give them every opportunity. And if they walk out a messed up person, but they love Jesus, man, I've, I've succeeded. You know, because that relationship with Christ is much more important than them getting a degree, than them getting you know, this great grand job and going and doing these things. Do I lift my eyes and see Jesus and Jesus alone? You know, um, Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Do, do I love God? Am I putting the, the effort and energy into loving Jesus? Am I willing to put that time into knowing, yeah, I, I got to pray. Man, I got to be on my knees. On my knees for the things that God wants. Not on the things that I want. Am I praying for the things that God wants? You know, I, I, as a uh, new babe in Christ, um, you know, I had my life planned out. Um, believe it or not, it was messed up, but it was planned. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to OSU. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to uh, be a lawyer. I'm going to probably go to uh, Capitol for my, my law school. Man, I got, I'm going to get it. I'm going to spend two years at Rio, and I'm out. Um, so, you know, I, I began to pray. First time in my life, God, what do you want for my life? What do you want me to do? And when I'm praying and, and I'm, I'm trying to, and I'm, man, I want to love God. Am I asking God, what do you want from my life? Am I allowing him the opportunity to answer me in his word? Um, it's easy to say, hey, God, what do you want for my life? Well, Grant says I should do. No, I, no. It's, what does God say? Um, you know, am I loving God? Am I loving people? Am I getting involved in the lives of people? Uh, that's it. Jesus says upon all the law, and the prophets, so all the law through Moses and the prophets that are in the New or the Old Testament um, rest the entire law, uh, everything on these two things: love God, love people, put Christ in the center of our heart, and uh, get busy and do something. Thanks for listening. For those of you who would like to attend the Columbus Bible Study, please. Um, Email the Columbus Bible Study at gmail.com for more details. Thank you.